Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. In this discussion today, we're going to elaborate on some theories regarding the nature of our reality, retro causality, and how archetypal knowledge is actually a fundamental part to understanding all this and even the role it plays in our individual lives. And by the end of this talk, you should have a pretty good introductory understanding of morphic resonance, pendulums, egregores, and reality transurfing so you can start to pinpoint these occurrences, effects, and structures in your own life and to start to identify their archetypal energies and begin examining if and what they are serving you. If not, don't worry, because we will continue to go into this area and break down and simplify along the way uh, in future episodes. Uh, and as always, leave some comments, thoughts, opinions, and questions. Hit that like button while you're at it, too, and help that algorithm out. Keep pushing this content. So what's going on, Ray? Uh, just another day. I guess another crypto dollar now, right? Is that is that, is yeah. that what's going on? Is this is, it's no more dollar? It's, it's we got to change our phrase now. Yeah. Another uh, something, another digital another coin. Di- another day, another digital coin. There you go. Another day, another mass global event. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love that whole uh, the millennial uh, meme. It was like you know, it's like oh no, it was like it was like a uh, TikTok or something with one of the main actor from. Uh, Last of Us, right? I forget that guy's name. He's oh, eating a sandwich and it's like, yeah, and he's like, uh, you know, so millennials watching their 178th global, like, oh, yeah. like, whatever, like, it's like, oh, it's falling apart. It's like wondering if we should, like, pay our car payments because it is true that we were the kind of that generation where it's like, hey, do it this way. Go get this. This is what you want. System is in place for you. Go to college, get married, everything by this age. And then, um, I don't know, like if you look at the world now, it's like, don't do that. If you do that, you're, mm-hmm. tr- you're going to screw yourself now. So it's everything we were taught up, up to this point, mm-hmm. you know, is, uh, it's almost inverted. And it's so funny because our, our generation gets a lot of crap for that, uh, of yeah. being lazy or not wanting to be part of the system or, um, bitchy and whiny about whatever. And it's, it's not really the truth. I mean, like there might be mm-hmm. some out there, of course, I, I do think all this, new um culture stuff that we speak of and i'll try not to directly aim at anything but i would say that's that's gen that's gen z right that's gen z is right after us i believe so right so whatever is post-millennial no offense to them but they're they were more of like the outspoken versions of the of I guess of Pluto Scorpio or of millennials, but like also with the radical side to it. Like we're not radical, you know. It's like they're yeah. Pluto Sag, like Pluto Sagittarius people are. They got a lot of radical energy built in, which is great. You know, they actually have mm-hmm. a. I was just watching a thing. They have a really good thing com- uh, transit coming up with Pluto Aquarius. It's going to sextile their Pluto, mm-hmm. so that they they're that's going to be this is going to be a good time for them. But m- millennials, we got a lot of a lot of crap for. Well, yeah, because as you were saying, I was like in the same breath of that whole thing was like, oh, do this, do this. This is how you should. But 
you know, this is what you got to do throughout your life and live your life. It's like in the same breath of being like, ah, well, you know, the world is not really the same and shit. Hey, but you still got to do that that way. Like why it's, it, it doesn't work. What do you mean? It doesn't work. It worked for me, worked for us, worked for my generation. It's like, eh, that's a little, uh, little, uh, off the beaten path of, of actuality in reality itself. So, well, yeah, if you believe in, if, if you believe in evolution, we're in, we're in an evolutionary universe and everything mm-hmm. changes. The only constant is change, right? So, yeah. I mean, for God's sakes, the money system is not even the same as then. No, a dollar is not worth what it was back then. And it's not yeah. u- utilized in the same way and it's being distributed different and, and all that. And now mm-hmm. it's basically, if you, if you're, if you don't live under a rock, it's, it's failing. It's, it's it's about to fall apart and it's funny because in a future episode we'll we'll go into the financial aspects of the the mm. astrology because that's truly right on time where how funny is it 2000 quick segue here 2008 was the banking collapse where they got bailed mm. out and that was when pluto ingressed in the capricorn and now pluto's on the anoretic or last degree of capricorn and it's about yeah. to do the same exact thing from zero degree right to 29 you start you know, you're, you're ending where you started in a way. And how funny is that? Yeah. It's like that reflective recap, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's what they say, right? The anoretic degree of any last sign or transit. It's like, that's the culmination of that transit or culmination of that mm-hmm. sign. So yeah, that's, and it's just is what it is. Like it's the, the story is being told. It's, this is where we're at. And the millennials need to not be so um, shitted on for all of all this stuff. If anything, I think we are going to be, and I hope this isn't true, that we're going to be the, what, the generation that comes out. And I've heard an astrologer say this before. I won't call it any names, but that the millennials or the Pluto Scorpio generation would be the ones who do all like the deep uh, hmm. digging and the work and the excavating. And then we don't get any of the credit for it. I don't think I'm going to let about, that happen. Sounds, sounds about right though. I mean, you know, it would make so, sense to the archetype. Yeah. A Scorpio. I, I feel like there's still the generation too that's that even even in the everyday life that they do a lot of you know as far as the younger generations the millennials are still like are like the ones who do the jobs sometimes that nobody wants to do too you know where now you have you know the younger generations where they're like the older generation back like, ah, I'm too old to do any of that stuff or whatever I, or I already. I already made I already made my bones and everything. So, you know, and then you have the younger generation. It's like, well, fuck that. I'm not doing that. And they go off into a different type of of area, full press in and stuff, stuff that if we tried to do that, our generation, probably our parents and, you know, the generations before us would be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> right. TikTokers, well, influencers, stuff like that, you know. Well, that's what an Instagram I'm, model, you know, only that's, fans. That's what I'm saying with the whole, all the TikToking and all the, uh, the you know, the fanaticism and hmm. the, you know, radical side to all this stuff and being overly entertaining about it and all that. I mean, that's, it's not, it's not a millennial thing. We weren't hmm. taught to do that in a way. We had to kind of just keep up with the times. But then also, like, we had foundations given to us, and it's like, oh well, you got to keep up with the times. But then we taught you a way to do things. So you're going to have to balance that out. And, oh, now the foundations that, you, that we laid for you were basically falling apart. And all the new shit, we're not really accustomed. Like, it's like learning a whole new thing at, what, 30 years old? 
like of how mm. to be and what to do. It's like, I don't think we're going to do that. And I, I think we have our own mission and goal, but we're not to be looked, shouldn't be looked at as the lazy whiners or the people mm. that, you know, don't just don't, we are the ones that are probably going to, and we have that Pluto square. Now we're going to be the ones to battle the system um, and fight back probably before anybody. Uh, so I think that's our job. And I think if we don't do it, then, then there's a good chance that things aren't going to fix themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's not just all on us. Everyone has their their place, but it is something that I think we, as a as a collective, as the millennials, need. To, that's that's the something we're going to give back to society is the excavation mm-hmm. of all the shit and the exposing, and we're, that we're not going to be afraid to do that, and that we're not going to be afraid to take a different path opposed to the one that was either laid out for us or the one that's trying to be laid out now again for us. We're you know we're trying to be engineered into a whole new type of thing where I. I, I you've been on TikTok longer than I have. I still like can't get on board. Like I, I like it for information and mm. I know you do too and all that. And you use it similarly in how I would, I still couldn't catch the wave. I'm like, I just, is just another, I've seen MySpace and I've seen Facebook and I've seen all this stuff. And now in Instagram and Twitter, and I was never really even on Twitter. And I'm like, I'm just, mm. why did, what is it with the like jumping around of all, this is the new thing when it's all basically the same thing, you know? Yeah, well, that's that's the thing, too. I mean, no matter what, though, it's just another, you know, I mean, and that that could be another conversation for another day about just the the absolute toxicity and what social media has become. And I group TikTok in with social media and stuff, too, because, you know, it is a social platform in in any any sort of way. But it, it does it, you know, unhealthy boundaries with that rots the brain. But it's true, though, what you said, I I really do. I see that also through myself which a lot of times this is how we have to do things is look inward about a lot of these things that we see on the outside with the pluto scorpio generation like i'm seeing it also as like this is you know the generation that also has the ability to do the deep inner healing work of kind of facing our own mortality and just being like well you know this this is kind of how it was you know a, a lot of years have passed me but I'm also learning to become okay with the fact that, yeah, maybe I didn't hop on the right waves in the past when I should have, but what's right, what's wrong. And, you know, you know, but I am, you know, also giving yourself the leeway to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm understanding, you know, the different complexities of life and how multidimensional it is. And I'm, I'm going to do that deep inner work and inner healing and stuff to truly make sure when I hop on a path, that path is something that truly resonates with my truest form and go about go about it that way. And yeah, it may not make sense to a lot of people, uh, maybe at times. And sure, I might be a little on the outskirts. Um, and yeah, it might get a little dirty, but I understand the necessity of it. So, I mean, in the same way, it's it's that whole dive into Hades and and kind of reemerge and the phoenix rising from the ashes though so. yeah and how funny is it within our and I, this is a perfect re-segue back into mm-hmm. the topic of uh mm-hmm. the topic at hand here which is the homorphic field thing and groupthink. and uh within our generation we're mercurial people and in the myth of you know hades basically that's mercury diving in and, and even in the astrological you know like foundations of learning what mercury is is the sign who dives into the dark or goes up into the light or brings the messages up to brings the messages back to earth from the lower and the higher realms you mm-hmm. know your virgo rising and you know your 
ruling planet is Mercury. I'm a Gemini. Um, it's our job as archetypes within our generation to kind of do that as well. We're going to have people that are meant for that. We were talking about it the other day with, with just friends we have and seeing the astrological archetypes playing out in people or repeating themselves. You know, I have three people in my life that have a Mars and Taurus, and I could see the, the simplicity of how they want to, their drive and how they want to take action and they want to work with the earth or they want to do something that's valuable when it comes to basic needs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you see that and then within the generations, you'll see it as well. But the, the re-segue here back into the topic here, which is morphic fields, is generations are going to mm-hmm. be a great example uh, returning back to this after you hear what we have to say about morphic fields and morphic resonance, um, and generations themselves are most likely a morphic field. They're a morphic mm-hmm. family. They're a resonance. It's, it's something a, a generation has a certain planet in place, and, and within that generation, it seems like there's a groupthink that goes on. Not every person's the same, but everyone has a similar quality to them that, you know, there's a, like with the Pluto Scorpio, there's the mystique, there's the the, the 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 wanting to dig or the wanting you know overly sexualized uh that's another big one even when we were growing up everything was overly sexualized and now mm-hmm. it's you know it's evolved it's gotten yeah. worse and it's, it's more way. socially but it's more socially acceptable yeah it was that's more taboo difference. for us which is scorpionic mm-hmm. yeah right this is why we're saying archetypes plays a role in everything else that we're about to say and why it plays such an important role in self-discovery it does it does. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, I think that there's a, a natural mechanism which has led to my um, current obsession with the work of Rupert Sheldrake and his talkings of morphic fields. And that's going to be probably the main topic at hand here. And we have a lot of other things that relate to this idea and how many times it repeats itself in, say, some sort of philosophy or some sort of um, more so philosophies and maybe even current sciences in a way, if you want to call them that. Like, if everyone got on that, uh, you know, Joe Rogan plays a valuable role sometimes with stuff when he had that guy on about mass formation. Uh, mm. He called it psychosis on the show. Mm. But if you look at Matthias Desmid, who had, was the basically originator of the concept, he called it mass formation hypnosis, which is another similar, if not the same concept as morphic fields, where everything tends to there it, within a species there's a memory and there's habits that happen within it but this goes on in with everything this goes this happens within civilizations nations groups of people like uh, genres of music that was uh, i was just on a phone call before i was talking to someone steve shout out and i was like you know when i was younger watching groups of people like cliques or uh you know when you're in school and you see the rich kids the fraternity types or, you know, you have the uh, popular and unpopular, the kids who go to Comic-Con. And then the biggest giveaway for me was being a, a metal kid. I was going to metal shows and hardcore shows. And you see the archetypes of people play out. And it's like almost like they're all tuned into the same channel. Like they talk mm. the same. They act the same. The relationship kind of constructs looks the same when it comes to dating, intimacy, friendships. And then there's, of course, there's clicks within clicks within clicks and stuff like that. You see, it gets more and more detailed. But what's funny is you start to notice patterns of how people all think the same and act the same. And I know that we could all look back the past three years and notice there's patterns of people all thinking the same, tuning in, you know, whether it's a political party, whether it's to get the jibby jab or not, whether it's to wear a mask or not, whether it's to do, uh, you see people tuned in almost like to a frequency or to a channel. 
like a TV set. Mm -hmm. And it made me think like, oh, maybe there's something bigger going on. When I was younger, I was asking this question without knowing I was asking it. Like, I see something here and it seems like no one has like within their individuality. Some of them have that. But within that, they are like melded with the group and become the group. And Mm -hmm. we've all had Geo, you've had friend groups, right, where you you start to reform yourself kind of to the group and you think, Oh, it's just want to fit in, but isn't like a natural occurrence that all of a sudden you start just even talking different. Yeah, absolutely. Dude. It's like, it's, it's crazy how you see that kind of switch happen. And then, you know, that's why now more than ever, like, especially with more pressing issues that are going on, it's like, what is like, how is, how is that happening in these? Like, how is that happening? More so where it's not just, you know, is it is it all just the fact that especially with some of these things, like you said, even like the whole thing, the mask and covid and all that stuff like. It, it 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 now poses a bigger question and be like, how did everybody to get tuned to that? You know, it wasn't necessarily just, oh, well, you know. You know, it, I don't know, there was there was something there's something organic about it, but also synthetic about how it happened um and i think understanding even uh you know um how did you call it again mass hypnosis um mass formation, mass formation hypnosis. yeah mass formation hypnosis and even just this kind of memory pattern that kind of happens how this group how these groups kind of formed especially with something like that yeah. and i think it's a good way to you know this is a good way to try to understand it too for also future references and on bigger issues and smaller issues. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you know, the, I guess what would be most relatable to people that are more, uh, you know, less on the woo side, like it, it, we're not even less on the woo, but want to hear kind of this demonstration of this. Other, because I mentioned my personal anecdotes because I know everybody could relate to that in some sort of sense. You know, even in a workplace, you've gone and then all of a sudden, you you know, you put on a uniform and it's like you're wearing a different version of yourself. Like some people could do it and block it out like they don't become the group and they usually don't fit in. Like I worked at Jersey Mike's for so long. And when you put that uniform on and then you're it's almost like you feel like there's this entity around like you get you start to, you know, you you get accustomed Mm -hmm. to everything and you think, oh, it's just because I need to fit in. I need to act this way. But when you if you try to go against it, there's this like resistance, like mm. you almost don't want it. And some people have the balls to just be themselves. Mm. And that's great. I I, I was kind of like that. But like I still had this part of me that kind of like tuned into the frequency of being a Jersey Miker type, you know, so mm. like that it, it, it you, you start to it carries a, a culture. It carries like a there's yeah. like a culture within it that is very influential. And I think like you're saying, like those people that kind of like really go against the grain while well, they don't end up sticking around they don't yeah. end up, they get ejected out of it because it just doesn't work with that you know what dude you know what's mm-hmm. a great analogy for that i mean like I, I think i've thought of this before but think about the word culture and what's culture in yeah in medical study right like the, mm-hmm. or the blood right like so within the blood mm-hmm. of an organism if there's a virus or if there's something that's foreign it gets ejected or the white blood cells fight it and it gets thrown mm-hmm. out of the system right there so within go. like a within a culture that's that's what it is like you're becoming the organism and mm. geo and i through research and through personal experiences and i know that everyone out there listening can most likely relate to this if you're highly aware is you start to see people kind of just tune in and become the organism or become the thing that they're a part of football teams baseball teams fans of those teams 
Um, you know, like I have friends that are Eagles fans, but then they, when they're acting like an Eagles fan, they're not acting like my, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh God, you know, it's like they mm-hmm. tune into a frequency. It's like, Oh, here we go. Um, you know, like it, like it mild be, forms of possession <laughs> in a way. Right. And it's funny because there's even ancient mythologies and, and cosmologies that involve this and, in, you know, in the occult, they're called the egregores, um, tulpas, um, the Watiko, which is a negative version of that. And then we talked about transurfing, which has the, the uh, concept of pendulums, which we've, we've talked about that before. But yeah, it seems like there's this natural, habitual memory that goes on with, you know, countries and groups of people and mu- music genres and stuff like that. I mean, Gio, you went to raves. You go to that place. Yeah. It's like, a, it's, it's like they're all, the hippie it's movements, weird. you know, whatever. And it's weird, too, because even like now, like, yeah, OK, like I don't even really even listen to that music anymore. But if I do, not that I don't, you know, nothing against it or anything and stuff. But like even when I do, like there is still a, a, a form that I do like. And even when I do, like I can feel the energy that, yes, and a, a lot of it has to do with memory. This then here we go again with with that whole thing. You know, the words memory and habit are going to be a big part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of it has to do with memory. And, and there's like almost like this this form or this structure embedded in this memory that activates a specific frequency or energy. And even I feel it. And it's for me, it's very connected when I hear like EDM music or house music. I feel very lively. Um more maybe wanting to be more social uh very uh you know kind of a very very clubby feeling like and and i don't go to clubs or nothing and stuff like that i don't ever have the urges to go to a club or anything but like sometimes i get the feeling like if i'm listening to music like man like it'd be cool to like go out or do something socialize with people and stuff like and it's weird how it has that effect but when you understand this whole thing with morphic resonance and, and, and the whole egregores and pendulums, it makes so much sense. Um, but I do want to, I do want to, I, I have a quick little summary just for people that kind of aren't grasping morphic resonance. Um, it is the idea that there's a memory in nature that, um, that, that there's laws, not necessarily though. And I'll go into that for a second, but it's like a habit in nature and in the collective unconscious. Um, and it works through resonance on on a similarity across space and time. Um, and the fact that when we talk about this memory, it's memory is not in the brain. It's actually we tune our thoughts uh, into this counter space, I guess you can say, um, in a non I mean, local but non-localized feel like no, I, I, can't I think look. it's non-local. It's, it's yeah, like it's like, it's it's non- like you know, what's mm-hmm. a good way to explain that? Tell me where your thoughts are. Yeah, exactly. They're in my head. Are they? Mm-hmm. Are they? We in can head? we can measure the brain waves and stuff like that during thought and how it's actually the brain is acting as more of a transmitter of 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 this, but it's not. They're not functioning. They're not appearing and stored within the mind. So that's the thing. But this whole thing of that what morphic resonance is showing that there is an eternal reality and that the world our reality that we're that we're in and stuff the way that we see things 
is a reflection of that eternal reality. So that's which little, is in a my whole, little summary. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. And it's in a whole other, I mean, when, when we use the word dimension, I think we think other places and, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, it's really easy to, to go to that. Dim- yeah. But dimension is just another point of measurement. Right. So, mm-hmm. and I just think in the way we could see it is, is there's another dimension in this realm. That's not to the five senses, but it's a dimension. It's a measurement. It's something that's there, mm-hmm. but it's not And measurement would probably be a bad word to, to say, cause maybe it's not something you can't measure, but it's just something that's there. That's adding another factor, another, um, you know, variable mm-hmm. to it and with that yeah i mean with morphic resonance here's a here's a great example to add to what you just said with the me- memory and habit it's like so they say things grow out of you know the dna is what gives the uh, blueprint to certain things but yet not every oak tree looks exactly the same or not in every plant in the same plant looks exactly the same but yet they have the same exact dna blueprint mm. but they grow differently so there's, they're saying that the, you know, um, God, what was it? The, uh, DNA is like the building blocks, right? It's like the, it's like the, it's, it's the plan in a sense and the building blocks, but it's not the actual building of the house. Like what's mm-hmm. actually putting the house up where the DNA mm-hmm. is like, okay, here's the proteins that need to be synthesized. And here's the, you know, this and that, or, or is what's going to be activated through the parents and all that. And it's going to be given to the organism or it's going to be put in the seed. And it's the blueprint, but then what mm. builds the house? Like that little, the the oak tree isn't. It's not. There's no mini oak tree in the seed, right? So, well, yeah. Like an example of that would be like architects all know how to build a house, but they don't all build the house in the same ways. You know, they don't. You know, yeah, they may use right. similar methods and stuff, but you know, a lot of times they may do things different ways, and then also, uh, you know, looks obviously different. Right. So like within nature itself, which just grows trees or just grows humans or just grows insects and animals and all this other stuff. And then yet not one looks exactly the same and all of that, but they all have similar DNA and and all of this and that, like they have the same building blocks, but no house looks the same that's being built when it comes to that. Right. So with that says that nature has this inherent memory, but there's also an evolution factor to it because nothing ever really stays the same. You know, there's that ev- evolution at hand here. So, but what's building the house? You know, what's making the seed into the tree? Where yet it's not like a little tree's inside that seed. So, and that's one of the great. You know, you're a little sperm swimming around, right? Like all of a sudden you're this, and you look completely different from every other part of the you know species and all that. Basically, you have you have basic things that look the same, whether it's skin color or hair color, or you know, you have eyebrows, you have eye, all that, but nothing forms exactly the same. So, but if we were to go by DNA and genetics and stuff like that, it, it, should, it could, it should, there should be more consistency and we should be able to point these things out on what strand causes the arm to be the arm and the leg to be like, they can't. If you take a skin cell in the leg and you take it in the, in the arm, it's exactly the same. And the same thing goes with the blood and, the, and all that other stuff. Like, and so what's forming the hands and the arms and the legs to be those things, that's not the DNA. And that's what Rupert Sheldrake points out. That the DNA concept, in a way, has a, so many flaws that science doesn't talk about, but because of peer review and getting paid and getting supported, a lot of people don't want to come out of the closet with that, and they tend to stay, and now it's become more cult-like, and it's like if you speak against this or ask these questions, it ends up being 
you know, taboo or it ends up being almost like you're breaking some law. And this is how we get stuck. But when we have things like morphic resonance happening, meaning we have groupthink, we just watched it with COVID, we watch it with political parties, we watch it with so many different things, and that there's this inherent memory that just doesn't come with a species, but comes with groups of people and groups of thought. And it's like, it, it, with groups of thought is another one, because if you attack or say something that's opposite to some form of entity, some organism of group of people that talk a certain way or, or believe in something, there's this like survival mechanism that kind of kicks on. And mm-hmm. it's like an organism trying to survive. It's like you're backing it into a corner. Science would be a big one too. So it's, there, there's something that goes on here and these concept have, the concepts have been delivered to us over and over and over again over many years, starting, of course, with ancient philosophies and stuff like that. And most people think they were dumber than, than us, that we've evolved and that we're these intellectual beings and all that. But the thing mm-hmm. is, I think we've been dumbed down and been compartmentalized into, into, into just these certain types of thinkers that think we already have. Kind of, and we, we noted this the other episode, like if you think you've gotten to that destination, you know, it all or oh, science has it like they, mm-hmm. and you're lost because you've just taken directions from someone else and on a journey that you, you have no clue about and, and nowhere to reference other than what they tell you, whether it's in a history book or a science book and the education system, all of that. And you have all of these, forward-thinking scientists that are out there that end up being discredited or being called woo-woo thinkers or this and that. And a concept like this, to me, would be a vital one to understand because we could see it in everyday life. We could see it. You could experience it. It's something that you could actually, you know, conceptualize and make it a real thing and point out and say, hey, look, you know, like this is repeating over and over again in nature, including Mm -hmm. us doing the same things nature is doing, which would be like having this memory and having this, this, these, mm. these habits play out and that there's something more going on on an energetic or metaphysical level that we probably have to understand because if not, we're going to repeat history over and over and over again, which is my main concern is to not repeat mm. history, but to learn from it. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would think that you would want to get, you know, be able to take in more of information to get a better insight even on yourself and your own workings because wouldn't that wouldn't that help potentially solve a lot of issues that you may have in your life and stuff and you know the answer is you know if you ask anybody on the basic level in that way like yeah if if there's a way that I can you know whatever fix my money problem fix my you know even this very superficial things fix my depression though fix my you know, it's something like that. I, I would I would love to to know how to do it. Well, that's going to come with, you know, not just being cognitive, not having that cognitive cognitive dissonance and, you know, just being like, oh, well, if science hasn't figured it out already. Then, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'll just wait for that. Like, no, nah, like there's 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 deeper aspects to it that you can actually, you know, investigate and explore and kind of understand and then translate it into you know, more of this personal, you know, happening as well and on an individual scale. And sometimes, yeah, that takes looking at the more macrocosm of it and everything. And, and this is why we, we feel like this is very important. Um, cause you know, even just we've, we've been testing it out even with ourselves of, all right, well, how does that play a role? And then especially because, you know, with the astrology and we look at that and the function of astrology and the validity of it, how it works, and then understanding the whole 
archetypal developments that constantly come out of astrology and how we view it, it's like, oh, okay. Well, then if there is this kind of habitual pattern uh, being recognized within these different areas or fields, um, then then I can better identify you know, those coming out in my own life and kind of shift into whatever archetype that I need to shift in and out. Um, so, you know, and, and you're understanding that also as a frequency based type thing. So, you know, then you're going to want to know the functions of, Oh, all right, well, how do I shift into those frequencies? How do I shift into those archetypes and stuff? Well, let me see how nature does it as well. And I guess the really the one of the most important things to remember is that there is a reality beyond the physical, and that there is through metaphysical laws, they're not fully objective, or they're not concrete in our understanding of it. At least our our understanding of it isn't objective, and so there are things that we haven't discovered. And for me, the pattern orientated thinking of Oh, I see these patterns. Something's happening here. And that's how even Rupert Sheldrake and, and with Morphic Resonance noticed these things. He noticed that there was patterns going on that did, that was going beyond the the say social socially accepted scientific realm of like, oh, this is, you know, atomistic or materialistic reality. And a, a great example of that would be not only the mass formation hypnosis which we'll go over, but you had the 100th monkey effect. And then you also had the test with the rats in the lab where they taught uh, the rats how to get out of a maze and it was a water maze and it took like six months for this rat to finally figure out how to get out of the water maze. And then all of a sudden, the whole species kind of started doing it quicker. And then there was studying studies being done across the oceans like this was done at like Harvard or somewhere else there. And then then they started doing like Scotland or in all these different countries. and. As time went on, the rat's time to get out of the maze was increasing more and more and more as if the whole species was collecting this data on how to escape and survive these mazes. And same thing with the 100th monkey where they they teach this one monkey how to wash like a sweet potato in the ocean. And then all of a sudden, on another island, the, the, the whole species around the world starts to kind of gain this memory or this habit of how to do these certain things. Same thing with, um, you know, uh, people around the world are getting better and better at doing things quicker. Mm-hmm. And you would think, oh, it's because we have the internet and that we can, you know, we have YouTube and we have these things. We have everything to access. Yeah, it's true. But the, uh, the, the crossword puzzle for me was a big one with that. Like, mm, yeah. there were certain people that would wait to do a crossword puzzle in the evening because for some reason they seemed to do it quicker, faster and get it better. Like as if the answers were already in the ether, like people were better at doing it in the evening than they were in the morning. Where yet the people in the morning, the pioneers would would do it and put all that work in, and then it's as if like the information was just in the ether, it was in the air, like we just it was a download. And how mm. funny is it? Even the way cultures work, right? Like, dude, coming from early two thousands, like hip hop and rap and pop music, and how it it causes some form formation with our generation growing up and all that, and then you see the this new one and how they all you know, dude. The one big one is the Patrick Mahomes haircut. Like, where did that come uh, yeah. from? But that was one of the most obvious ones. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that 
is a frequency. The, these people are mm-hmm. downloading this haircut. Like all of a sudden, like everyone's got this curly hair yeah. with the shave size, and it's like, and why did and, why did the mullet like, come back? Like, the mullet came back, but all but yeah. these trends and these cultures se- seem to be downloading information from another source. And mm-hmm. with morphic resonance, what what it's kind of stating is that the more similar a species or within a species itself, there seems to be this collective electromagnetic cloud or strata of of memory and habit that ends up getting imprinted with and me personally would have to think it's emotional like emotional energy or emotional significance or or power uh, the 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 amperage of emotion that goes into certain things kind of Mm. downloads it or uploads it more and fat like faster and and more Mm. deliberate and like in a way where it kind of makes it more accessible and if you could tap into the emotional field of that, if you love playing guitar like I do, and when I play, I love playing it. I think there's this, you know, and this is a philosophy of mine, but you just have more of this antenna to it. And, I could see that, you know, though. Yeah. Yeah, like being like a, will, a willpower kind of attracts it more, you know. But also, I think, yes, I, I think there might be certain cases where it can, you know, also push it away in a way too but but that's this is different than that whole thing of of kind of that attraction way of thinking but yeah that's 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 a that's a that's a good way to think of it it's is that potential that emotion plays a big part in it as well think Um, about uh, uh, just just to add to mm -hmm. that uh, think on the negative side covid's a great example Mm. there was a lot of fear there was a lot of you know oh my god like this and that what's going to happen this you know and every worried about their jobs and this and that everyone's on the same frequency and then as all of a sudden mm. people are wearing masks and just getting shots randomly from the government without much like just out of the fear and you could say it's mm. the fear itself that does that but it's just crazy how people start acting different though and i don't think that's mm. just the emotional you know stance on oh i'm in fear so i'm just going to do what they say i do think mm. that I, another good example with that would be the Nazi regime and mm-hmm. how it, Hitler got a whole country to think a certain way. And you look back and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. How did they almost really fall for that in a way? Or how, what, what went on there? Like there's, mm-hmm. and right, this is where egregore, pendulums, morphic resonance, it's all the same thing. Like there's something happening here where people are tapping in. And if they're not individuated enough or not aware enough, they become the group, they become mm-hmm. the thing. They, it could be the shoes you wear. It could be the fact that you wear Jordans or Nikes. You're part of some resonance and it, you tune into a frequency and it seems to be playing out everywhere in life. So it must be an actual happening that, that is within nature. Yeah. That whole, uh, that whole C19 thing, like kind of makes you wonder, like, is there a specific way that that, that frequency was tuned into of the the past memories of you know fearing for your mortality feeling fearing for your mortality or and and really tapping into that and stuff with past plagues and you know what i mean like that residual memory was there and people reacted to that past plagues and stuff like that even with uh you know um even with, like you just said, even the whole Nazi regime and stuff thing too. This memory of conquer, uh, uh, you know, fall in line and conquer or be conquered. 
you know, there, there's the, that's a construct that's already been, that's been set up. And yeah, of course you may know your history and everything and stuff like that too, but the actual, you know, even if you may be on the surface against some of those things, it, it, you know, there is something driving you to going with that frequency and tuning into that frequency and actually acting upon that. You know, another thing that was making me think of too, when you were saying about like, no, even like the whole rat, the, uh, the rat experiment as well, how they taught it and something. I constantly think of like athletes, mostly like runners. I feel like it's so crazy how in such a short span of time, there's like these runners that are breaking records left and right. And in such a short time span. So there's not that much development of new exercise and stuff like that. And like Mm. these kind of, um, you know, practicing type things to do where it's still, still the same advancements. They're all accessible and everything, but now it's just like you, you end up seeing multiple, multiple people like breaking this record and to the point where the record becomes irrelevant and they move on to another record. And in these, undescribable times and it's like this evolution of these times where runners are getting quicker and quicker and quicker and it's not just in one type of 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 strain of genetics so it's not just a genetic thing it's all different types of 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 genetic humans like that it, that it's happening too doing the same exercises and everything and stuff too and yet there is a potential that um one group of people has you know f- more fast twitch muscles and everything yes of course and stuff but you're also seeing outside of that that it's being broken and it's like almost like that you know and and sometimes it's being the records are being broken almost unintentionally too it's just they it just happen they just get quicker yeah, just evolving. able to do it yeah yeah and with that evolution says that there's something going on and these are from people from different cultures different lineages Mm. they don't have the same dna structure and all of that and uh it's funny you mentioned sports or athletes because i see it in football you know Mm. when i see it the most press conferences Mm. they all say the same thing but it's not that they go to the same guy it's not like the nfl has like a press conference director and he's and they're like okay you know this is the language that you should use and in the tone and the tempo. They all, and all, they all use the same tone too. It's dude. Yeah, it's, we're just going out there and we're, you know, <laughs> I dude, I was the, the Bucks just signed Baker Mayfield and it's so funny watching Tom Brady for like, th- you know, three years and immediately, I'm not saying he sounded like Tom Brady, but in a way he, he there was like this, you know, I, I'm just for the team and we just got to get better and, uh, you know, I just, and they, and they have this, uh, and then, and then, but, but yeah, and then they, 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 there's this same thing that they're giving off. It's the body language, it's the tempo, everything. I notice it cause I watch a lot of it. I watch a lot of like sports stuff is my mindless stuff. Like that's my step away from this, but of course I can never step away from this because I'm studying reality and, and, and humans and psychology and astrology too. You know, how funny is it? Another segue. Um, the, uh, Baker Mayfield has, is my quarterback and he's an Aries. He just went to the Rams last year to play for two games, which reignited his career. And Pluto was sextiling his Uranus, which is on, uh, well, no, Pluto's conjuncting Uranus is zero degrees Aquarius and he's an Aries and there's a sextile, but he just went through this like 
I, I looked over his astrology and it was like this complete personality transformation. And he was like kind of like a jerk off a few years ago. And he comes into the Bucks organization right at this time of this astrological transit where he's going to gain power and mm. he's going to get a lot of good energy given to him. And his persona was different. His, his stature seemed different. Yeah. He's coming in to fill in for Tom Brady. Um, and he's an Aries. Um, yeah, the whole Aries re-identification. Like. On a, uh, and the press conference was on the new moon. Wow, which I, was just gonna, I was just wondering, too. I was like, when did yeah. this happen? So his, the new moon in Aries, which just happened on uh, yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the press conference was yesterday and how we just signed an Aries quarterback on the new moon, which is a new chapter for the Bucks, And we're red like Aries. Um, uh, so like it's yeah, I mean, you see the archetype thing is fun. And I'm just I'm stating all this stuff for you guys. And, and for us here is like. The archetypes play out, but it seems like they play out naturally. And if you're highly aware of it, you can't call it a coincidence after a certain point. When you see things so many times, I have so many people in my personal circle that are very earthly. Like they're not big thinkers in a way when it comes to like, you know, thinking about the universe and reality life because they're just, it doesn't make them stupid or this and that they're earthly people meaning it's just like Hmm. put your head down go to work make some money like that type like i have a lot of that in my circle i even when i play play games at night like i play with a lot of my friends from high school or people i know i've gotten at least like three out of or four out of like 10 people that i talk to on the regular to start seeing they start seeing the patterns in life or start seeing that we call it the universe oh that's the universe again Mm-hmm. Be, but but it's not magic it's not it's not like and and they're by the way they're fully like yo i like they'll give me a phone call when they get a synchronicity and they're like dude i was thinking of this and then this happened that aligned with that and like once you open up your mind to it you're like oh so i can't even watch a football press conference without like oh there's the astrology oh there's the archetype oh there's mm-hmm. the synchronicity this happened here and you and it, it ends up becoming a lot more fun And when you find a scientific area that's in a way still taboo to mainstream science, which, by the way, I think the new shirt should be don't trust the science and let the new science come in. And when you find that, you start, oh, my God, there is like mechanisms or things that go on that are that are causing these things. And it makes it fun. Like you start walking into the grocery store thinking about synchronicity or this and that. And it's not magic, but it becomes magical. Like it's because it's not magic because if it's here and it's happening and it's been happening for so long to all of us, then it's not magic. It's just, mm. it's just nature. It's just, it just there's is. another element that we're starting to become aware of in nature. That is a real thing. And I think more morphic resonance and this concept of group minds and collective minds and, and Carl Jung's collective unconscious, we're starting to see that there's something there. This is a real thing and it makes everything a lot more exciting again. Rant yeah. over. Sorry. No, that's it, it. It it's right on though. I mean, that's that's why. Like, you know, you like you said, you get those people in your life that be like, man, and they 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 see the synchronicity and everything. But like, you take it a little step further. Like, when you notice those synchronicities and kind of going into what we're going into, and you kind of start understanding that way, there's more of an applicable applicable sense to it rather than just, uh, oh man, that's cool. Like, you know, I'll, I'll like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm noticing this thing, this thing, that thing. Like, no, nah, you start to be able to form, you know, the function of being like, well, well, shit, I was thinking of this thing and kind of then it happened. Like, I wonder 
if I can, you know, what was I feeling during that time when that happened? Like, you know, is, is there a potential to kind of like tap into and tune into? And like, this is different than manifestation, like, and, and law of attraction stuff. I mean, it is manifestation, but this is different from that. But like, is there a way to tune into that sort of thing again, but with something else so that I can attract that, you know, or, or jump on, jump on that timeline or something like, you know, there is that potential to work with that, with, yeah. with that stuff, you know, and that kind of goes more into the reality transurfing stuff too, as well, in which these all play this, uh, a role together, but we'll get into that as well. Yeah. It just, in simple terms, it expands your mind to see things big, like your, it's like, you know, your eyes start to open a little more and you're like, oh, wow, that there is something totally there. And it's, there's something that's actually happening. Like this isn't just the word coincidence starts to become less significant in the talkings of all this because coincidence implies that it just oh, just happened to happen mm. oh look at that like these things are interrelated and it just happened to be but it's it's mm. more than that like there's a science to synchronicity and there's and by the way when you expand your mind to this stuff astrology ends up being the ultimate synchronistic science or the mm-hmm. ultimate synchronistic experience because you start learning these archetypes of the 12 signs and the planets and all of that or what houses mean and all that and when you're going through this stuff and then you start you know examining your own life or examining <clears throat> the global stage and all that and you start looking at everything together as a whole you start to realize wait a minute like everything is interrelated and interconnected and in some form and it and archetypes do play out and without jumping right to the question of how could that be why would there be a ram and a bull and every and twins and everything in society because it's not like that. It's it it's mm-hmm. it's more all you have to do is observe nature and then you'll see all the archetypes and you could see how they were developed in the minds of humans and then when you do that you start realizing oh wow they and then and then that adds the mystique. Whoa, how did they know to write all this stuff down or know to mm-hmm. use this archetype and all the stories that go along and where do the myths come from and how do they relate mm-hmm. and all that and your mind just expands just from the simple notice of synchronicity. And if you like allowed yourself to kind of explore it more and you say, you know what, is there something to this? And I think for a lot of us, the law of attraction was a big one for that, right? Mm-hmm. Every, if every, every, and it, it was such an ego thing in the beginning because everyone's like, well, wait a minute, I can control my reality. Like I could manifest anything I want. It makes you feel like almost like you're a God. You're like, oh, shit, I'm in control. I get to manifest. And then you, then you go through the hardships. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. universe kind of backhands you, and you're like, no, nah, you don't fully control. There's something here. You're on, you're on track, but nah, bitch, you you don't control your reality. And then that leads you to things like astrology and soul missions, and and they're bigger things being that. Also, the energy of other people, the energy around you, the food you eat, the music you listen to, all of this stuff plays into. It. And then overall, right? How do you generalize it? There's something metaphysical going on here. That's all. There's metaphysical things happening. And there, it, it, and we can call it magical and all that. But there's something going on. And now I think with this topic specifically, we're starting to break into the fact that scientists are now discovering that there's habits and memory in nature. And within that, that means that we're partaking in something that's evolving. That's like in an organism. It's it's doing something bigger than we thought it did, and we're part of it. And with that, you could start seeing more design in nature and you could start seeing our connectivity starts to increase to it because it matters at that point then. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, something that you said, too, about this whole thing is like, 
well, well, you know, when it comes to those archetypes and it's like, well, how did they, you know, our long distant ancestors or the ancients, like, how did they know to point these out and within the stars and everything and stuff? Well, that, that was a, there was a different consciousness, the same consciousness, but different and, and, a, and a different height to it during those times. And you got to remember, they saw, they saw this, they saw the spirit within the water, within the trees, within the river and all things in that way. And we're very connected to it. And that's the difference with kind of what we've evolved to in, in, in the modern, in the modern self, you know, rather than the primordial self. So uh, a little something I actually jotted down about this, about the, you know, the modern mind and the primal mind, you know, is that there is, I I think we need to shift from that modern mind of thinking, which is like that, that, that outer world universe cosmos that they're just devoid of any meaning and meaning and unconscious. And it's only source of meaning is, is human consciousness, you know, and instead realizing that human consciousness is within a greater macrocosm of intelligent uh, consciousness mm. and, and with its own variables too, that, and they interact and possibly dictate inner human psyche and consciousness. You know, the primal groups saw consciousness, like I said, within, uh, within, uh, within spirit, within all of nature. And that had a whole, that had meaning to it as a whole, but also to their own individual self. They really took that in. So, you know, we kind of have to look at it now as grasp, we need to grasp that the universe and primal cosmos was experienced uni- uh, universally for millennia as a tang- uh, tangibly and self-evidently alive and awake, intentional and responsive and informed by spiritual-like presences. And it was animated throughout archetypal forces and intelligible meanings. And that's things that the modern perception may not or can't recognize. And But we do have an ab- ability to get back to that. But the majority of society is in more of this modern mind, very detached and, and, and very closed off and saying that, well, whatever's in reality is just, it's just my, it's just, it's just my conscious perception that creates this, you know, that, that creates this reality. There's no other meaning to it. That's not how our distant ancestors and the ancients saw it. You know, this is why we have also something like astrology to kind of be understood and kind of be able to use as archetypal synchronicities as well on top of it and as a self-reflection point. So this is something to think about as far as, okay, well, why should we shift from that thinking to, to, to the way things were, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed with origin points and seeing how things were done and everything and stuff too. Cause I think there's a lot to be learned from that and just, and it just has a better overall S to living and being in my opinion. Well, and I think your obsession with origin points, too, is that when you go back to origin points, you realize there was things that were removed from the origin points in modern day thinking that were unnecessary to remove. And I think a lot of it came from, oh, well, we can't answer that. So push it to the side or no, that's just bullshit in a way. And that's the problem with modern thinking, right? It's Mm -hmm. egotistical. It's like if we can't define something now, it must be undefinable. It must not be of relevance to anything and a lot of the origin points of things, you start realizing all the connectivity and how smart and intelligent they were at the origin point of, of all mm-hmm. of that. And nothing 
of significance should have been removed if just because we can't answer it yet. You know, same thing with uh, astrology is a really good example. There's no one out there right now that could give you an absolute definition of how it works. Mm -hmm. But I could also tell you that the moon, rock or not, by the way, affects the (laughs) tides. You know, sunlight grows plants. You know, we absorb, there's vitamin D in sunlight. You know, there's information and things being transferred through the medium here. And so because the moon themselves affects the tides, say, of the oceans, if so, and you're 80 to 90% salt water in your body, what says that that can't affect how you, and that's, and that honestly, that's, it's still energetic, but I get it's more, a little more local than what we would call space and the planets and them moving and them affecting us. But this is also going to play into then taking this journey with us on the morphic resonance, because then if this is a thing, which it seems to be because there's experiments and examples that are being done, then that that's going to open up the door for the astrologers say, oh, well, if there's, if distance, if, if distance doesn't matter about something like morphic resonance, meaning a rat is learning a, how to do something here in America, and then all of a sudden the whole species within a few years knows how to do that exact thing, and it's getting better and better at it, and then it's like the species itself is growing as an organism, and somehow the information without having physical contact, or it's like not, the rat's not sitting there smoking a cigarette, being the, the guru for the next rat and saying, hey, this is how I did it, this is, it's just, it's just happening then Mm -hmm. that means that there's information being transferred like the moon with the tides or like the sun with the light and the the vitamin D and all of that. And this could be thought forms. This could be emotions. This could be anything really. And then, so that would then, because distance isn't really uh, a thing here, it's not, it's Mm -hmm. not playing really a big factor because it's still happening all around the planet. That plays into the astrology. All of a sudden Mm -hmm. with morphic resonance, a transit happening in a certain sign or a certain type of season in a certain area of life, whether it's in your chart or the, or just the, you know, just the world itself, we're starting to realize that with that information being transferred, then that can affect our thinking and it can affect our emotions. And that's why maybe a full moon, everyone's going crazy and all this other stuff. So it opens up the door. This expands the whole understanding. But if we were to stay in conventional science, we, you turned this off an hour ago or however long we've been recording. You've turned this off a while ago because you, you know, not that anyone would, I think if you're listening to this, you want to listen to this, but I'm saying in conventional science, they're not going to give this even a chance because this mm. isn't going to get a peer reviewed, you know, a, 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 a fun based backing on all of this. Like it's going to just be shut down because it's not going to support the conventional science. And that's our problem. And a lot of it too goes into the system, right? Like we don't have time to yeah. think about these things a lot of the time. We don't have time because we got to pay the bills and take care of our kids and do our own thing and make our money and support ourselves. And to me, that's evil because it was yeah. by design. That was totally by design. That was whether if it was this universal story that needs to play out or human evil human beings and secret societies did it, it was by design where they skewed science and skewed history. And then they made it where you have no time to think about this stuff and you just got to believe what we tell you. And, and I think now with the, with, with, with backfired from the pandemic is they gave too much time for people to think about things and observe mm-hmm. things, whether it's the structure of society, the government, life itself, reality, and all that. They gave us all the opportunity and yeah. we have to take advantage of that for sure. And, th- and now you have all these pendulums now colliding, which kind of just creates more upheaval and, and chaos and, uh, you know, 
just just this overall like confusion, I guess you could say too. But this is just more indication though that the fact that it's this evolution of of where we've come from to where we are now uh with the with the modern way of thinking and stuff like that just goes to show that like hey, this isn't really um <laughs> this isn't really great. I don't want to do this. Like I this is this isn't working. So obviously there also is a push in nature and it's having an effect to say, hey, well, you guys kind of got to backtrack a little bit and, and kind of get, get to the root of things and, and solve these problems. You're not going to solve these problems with these, these modern ways of uh, detached ways of thinking, you know, from, from, from the self and stuff and, and, and just being like, oh, well, the technology will do it for us. You know, the status quo of this science or this religion and stuff, that'll that'll fix things. Yeah. Um, this this presidential person or or a congressperson, they'll fix things. No, it's it's not about that. It's about ourselves. You know, it's the same same way. How how did this evolution even happen? You know, from that sense. It started because of the fact of, you know, with consciousness getting this information through these through nature, through the field and stuff. And being able to have this uh, this tangible way of of practicing and and utilizing this type of knowledge and information, they became you know the whole hunter gatherer thing and being able to you know uh, cultivate and and grow crops and everything and fashion uh, uh, tools and then fashion weapons and you know kind of fight for land and started detaching from beyond the meaning and it wasn't just about you know it was. They, they've they created more complexities on survival and what it meant to be alive um, and and, keep, and kept going down that route without any sort of reflection or, or purpose in this realm or understanding that, oh, we've, get, we've, we've been given that information to, from something more eternal. Um, we've, we've kind of lost our way through that, through that thing. And another thing, like, I feel like that, how like this whole, the whole archetype thing kind of plays out is even when we're constantly talking about uh, mankind or man itself. And it's not just a gender thing either. Like it's just how we refer to humans. Right. But we always use like mankind and man and, it, and there's the one archetype where it's this like onward and upward achievement in an, in an archetypal fashion, man being the hero on this journey uh, uh, bound by constraints of the environment and nature and attempting to, to explore and conquer uh, this realm, you know, and then like trying to determine their own destiny, adhering to uh, the the adhering to traditions or trying to break traditions, you know, exuding their will, uh, evolving from past lessons, seeking greater freedom and self-realization. And then the other stories describes the great fall of man and his descent into chaos and destruction and separate from the original state and oneness. And that's literally what we're seeing play out. You know, so like I think like it's like my this analogy that I have here is like this the reality of how we move through these states of memory uh patterns is is similar to standing in in a light facing a mirror. As the observer, we can look at the mirror with our perspective of what we see in the reflection, even if the mirror is altered in some way, whether it's smudges, scratches, writing on the mirror, it's a friggin' funhouse mirror you know whatever it may be you know and we uh and we perceive it in whatever fashion that is 
Or we can turn around and see a dark shadow silhouette of ourselves that has no detail and is, has an obscurity. And we have our thought perspective on that form as well. But what we have to become aware of is that of the origin of both the mirror reflection and the shadow, which is ourself, our actual form and, and becoming aware of all its attributes and complexities, not just what's in the mirror, not just the shadow that's there. You know, we have to become a, our, our actual self. And also like the light is like this source that kind of gives us that ability to understand that, hey, there is something there, there, there is ourselves is there. There is something contributing to being able to even see ourselves. Um, so it's, it's not that each opposite perspective possesses a significant grain of, of truth, but rather that both paradigms and forms are fully valid, but also partial aspects to a larger reference. Basically what I just said before, too. So um, it's basically where both combined form both of them combined form a a a complex integrated whole and they constitute each other so they implicate each other's truth and make each other possible pendulums reacting off one another to help further perpetuate each other's momentum so that's kind of even the same thing of how we even identify ourselves well i'm a republican or i'm a democrat or something like that you know rather than seeing the source well i'm a sovereign human being you know, there, there's there's more detail within within that than just this identification of a group. And that other group is not separate of me. They are also from the same origin, basically. But they're just deciding to look at, you know, the silhouette, you know, while the other is trying to look at the shadow. But really, they play hand in hand together and stuff. And it's not just that, that they're each exuding their own their own, you know, truths and everything and stuff, but they're just perpetuating this motion of 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 one of each of the perspectives you know and that's where we kind of have to come back to the origin of self i thought of um i think it was either like a buddhist proverb or african proverb i forget what culture but they spoke of it was this like parable or whatever and it was like five blind men walk up to an elephant you know, and they all stand mm. at different parts of the elephant and then they, you know, they're all blind, they can't see. So they all, you know, they're told all put their hand on a part of the elephant and describe, feel around and describe what it's like. And that's what it, it was. An, it was a, basically a, an analogy for how people, you know, see reality mm. where we, we walk in blind. We're just like, OK, it's this because this is what I feel. This is what I sense. I can't see it, but this is what I, you know, and a lot of us are putting our hands on different parts of the, you know, reality elephant here. And we're, and, and it's like, then we're yelling over to the other side, like, nah, bitch, I'm right. You're wrong. I'm, I'm, I have my evidence right here. I'm going to, you know, and I think it's just when you treat reality like that, where it's bigger than just your ideals, or it's bigger than just your paradigm that you're living. And if you're able to then step out of that and be suspended at points to then, entertain new things that's how we evolve i mean things evolve because they don't stay the same they we you know we we expand our horizons and our awareness on topics and sp specific things and i think it's time that we start bringing these elements mm. more into the truth community and spiritual talk because we could just be love and light all day and just hope just like with faith just like 
or religion, just have the faith that it's all going to work out if I meditate and I do some chakra, you know, chakra bowl healing and, and that I do certain things that they're saying. But for me, the interest is to expand the mind on, it's just knowing the mm-hmm. game. It's like, I was just playing chess the other day on my phone and I sucked at it, but like, I didn't know the game that I knew that I know, I know how to play chess, but like, I'm sitting there like, okay, I get the, the general basics of this game, but I get my, I got my ass kicked like every time by the computer on like normal. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm sitting there like, if I just understood this game more and then understood how to apply, but if I have to understand how the whole game works. Right. And you have to look at life like that as like a chessboard. It's like, you're going to have good and bad. You're going to have an enemy, you know, quote unquote, if something you have to conquer mm-hmm. and all of that. And I think it's ourselves at this point. I don't think it's other people. Mm-hmm. I think it's ourselves as exactly. the, we're the chess, we're the chess game, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's an inner working and then things like archetypal psychology and astrology and understanding morphic resonance, the more awareness you get and the more ideas that you can pack in, you're, you're, you're going to get more, a more understanding of the game on how to beat the chess game of yourself. Mm-hmm. And then, then in turn, it's going to turn outwards to the you know and then the world will mirror back to you that you know you you are very self-aware and that you are individuated and then then you could be a part of groups and collectives and stuff like that but still not just letting the egregore or pendulum siphon Mm -hmm. the energy from you like you're just doing it everything with a full-blown awareness and individuation and that's i think the goal here it's like that in the age of aquarius right it's like you have the king and then you have the people it's the balance of that, right? Like it's, you have to be the king or queen in your own life, but then you have to go do it for the other people. You have to be with the people mm-hmm. as well. Whereas if you're too much with the people, with the egregore, with the network, with the Aquarian thing of you're just a part of humanity and you're not an individuated self, that's an imbalance. And then you're, I look at that as like with the Aquarian age, it's like, it's being part of the egregore. It's being mm-hmm. engulfed in the morphic resonance of a network and group of people where the Leo is like, I've conquered this network. Like this is my network and I've, I yeah. own this and I own you and I, and that's too much Leo. Right. So like, it's that balance and how funny is it? Cause that archetypal play out is the age we're kind of entering into. Right. And it's now coming into awareness, but things like, and I, I reference back, like I, I want to know the, the workings of things. And if their science is coming out like this, that have been around by the way, since like the eighties and probably before there was other people that discussed this concept. You know, egregore is an, is an ancient medieval concept, I believe. It's a med- medieval, like, occult concept. Watiko is something that was talked about, I think, by the in, uh, Native Americans. Uh, what, there's, and it's all the same idea. Mass formation is this new scientific way of explaining, like, oh, when people, when people's hormones kind of kick up, they all start thinking alike. And it's like they're like a, you know, like a herd of sheep, basically. It's like kind of like the more, you know, direct way of saying it. but like. This idea isn't new, but our awareness of it is now new again. And it's like by understanding something like this, you get you you get a whole plethora of new ways of seeing it. And it allows you to know the chess game better because now you could use this to develop self. It's like, am I really being myself with this Patrick Mahomes haircut or am I just being the culture? Mm. And, and, you know, did I make this decision consciously or was this more of this emotional, Mm. energetic, like, um pressure that i got from my culture that i had to be like that or why is it that you like it so much why is it right that you could dude if we look back at like early 2000s and you look at like britney spears trl Mm -hmm. uh 
older cartoons and you look and, and you you know you have that cringe moment you're like oh i liked this Jesus, yeah. you know but you were so tuned in tuned in at the time you could say oh it's old and you know whatever but it's like mm-hmm. but at that time it wasn't and it, you loved it and all that why did you love it so much was it really mm-hmm. you or was it the energetic um exuberance being displayed by the culture and you were tuned into this morphic resonance because as humans, as, as social creatures that we are, where we need other people and we need love and energy and all that other stuff, right? Like we love good energy. Who knows if that t- what it takes to resonate with the culture, it, that's just the easy way out. It's like, oh, well, if I go mm. like all the music and all the movies and, uh, and I, I talk the same way, I say words like lit and bet and whatever the fuck else they <laughs> no use cap. today, by the way, no cap. Uh, Jesus, stop, that, stop all of that. Please, just dumbing um, down society. Anyway, if there's something that gets me, you know, it, it's I, I can't stand it. Uh, you know what it is, dude? I think with that, like, like, even with us, right? Let's make fun of ours, right? It was sick. Um, yeah. Uh, what? What? Bomb. Banging. Fire. I'm. Uh, I'm getting bent this weekend, right? Yep. Like it's it I'm getting bent. Um, getting blazed it, up. <laughs> Yeah, that's fire. That's one that still kind of came from us, but then got more popular, Yeah, I guess. Um, but like, anyway, is it, this is what I mean, like, where's the influence, right? Like, do we mm-hmm. contemplate these things? Are we truly individuated when we're too much of the culture or too much of the groupthink? Mm-hmm. And we're starting to learn that there's a metaphysical science being kind of brought into awareness that, hey, when you're in this species or when you're in, say, a thought construct or you have a paradigm that a a lot of other people share there's a lot of energy there Mm -hmm. and it could be addicting to want to be a part of it and you resonate with it and you're like oh this is me you know this is what this is who i am and how many times have you heard the horror stories of people thinking they're this or thinking they're that and then they're like you know how many metal kids from the metal community became like i've heard some weird stories of people becoming like I don't know. Like I don't. I don't even remember. This was a recent phone call from someone, but they were talking like, "Yo, you hear about that kid? Whatever he was in that band, and then he became like a, I don't know, like a chemist, and he like developed like the 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 uh, cure for like some kind of cure that could possibly be a cure for cancer or something like that." And he's like this, you know. I just picture this dude who was shredding, soloing, whatever, and he's like now in like a lab coat, and he talk. He probably he probably talks different, acts different. You know, if you put on a metal song, who knows if he'd be like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what those, you know, like. But but are we? And who knows? Maybe that's his individuated self. Through the teen angst, I think the self discovery. I don't think there's anything wrong with not. Be, the whole point is, is yeah, if you're not yourself, mm-hmm. you have to learn you're not yourself, and that comes through experience. You might not know yourself till you're 50 years old, so there's no rush. But the awareness of the fact that there's this happening going on where we're energetically influenced by our surroundings. And they're, it, back in the day, they were considered entities that were influencing the minds of human beings called egregores mm-hmm. and tulpas and stuff like that. And now we have morphic resonance. This is our fascination. This is this is because it's important. This is in, this this is intrinsic stuff here, like to be aware of. And, um, yeah, I mean, I rant, rant over again. Cause like, I, 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 just, I, I th- think it's important, dude. I think it's important to be the, the sooner you become aware and start contemplating this stuff, the sooner then you can start to identify like, well, what is me and what isn't me and how, well, you know, what, what am I being influenced in and is it appropriate? Is it causing some sort of malice and discord in my life and stuff? 
all right, well, then now I need to learn if, if, if I am identifying those problems because I am aware and contemplating these things, then I can start using, you know, maybe to identify those things you were using, maybe archetypes and stuff, too. Then you can start to be like, all right, well, you know, next level, how can I start contemplating how to shift out of these out of these things? How do I find them? What truly is me? Because you're also going to go through the fall of self and you're going to face your ego as well on top of it. And, you know, you need something there to catch you, too, on top of it. So, you know, that's why it's important to also, you know, not just take this lightly either, you know, because if you don't, then then you're going to have some sort of issues and you can fall into a trap of its own of this, you know, loss of identity and not knowing where we are. And, and there's there's choices that can be made within that that are very self-destructive, too, on top of it. So mm-hmm. but but the thing is, though, is we do we do have a choice. You know, and it makes me think of the 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 whole the whole argument of like, oh, well, if that's the case, well, before I get into this, uh, you know, there's the we've seen it with astrology and everything. And, you know, you have the 12, the 12 signs and and those 12 archetypes and there's many others and there's been myth- in mythology as well. And a lot of them connect and stuff with the astrology and stuff, too. But we also have the you know, that synchronicity of the 12, um, the whole 12 cranial nerves as, as well and stuff. So it's like, yeah, those archetypes mm-hmm. exist, you know, within our out, out there, you know, in the world and stuff too, but they also exist within the psyche. And yeah, maybe, you know, there's a necessity for a lot of the types of energies and archetypes and influences that we face on a daily basis, but they're also playing out within us as well. And when we can identify them outside and inside as well through this, those certain times, then we can learn how to be like, well, okay, well, what, what do I, what do I need to be? What, what, what role am I playing in, in this as well? Um, but you know, that whole thing that I was about to say was, uh, it comes down to a question then where it's like, well, okay, well then is everything just scripted? You constantly hear that in the truth community. Well, it's just, it's just scripted, you know? And then you hear others in the more woo-woo side of things. So it's like, oh well, we have it's free faded. will and everything. Yeah, like it's faded well, and right, but yeah. but or or it's free will and stuff. And I think I have an opinion though on the whole thing. Well, is it predestined or is it free will? And I think that predestined may be the layout or forms of stories and the kind of laws within them, uh, in their fields that cultivate mm. an effect. The choices we make, like physical action, emotional things, thought choices, expression, that is the free will that interacts with the predestined stories, memory, habit patterns, and and that creates variable outcomes in the field. So we may be influenced by some of these predestined archetypes, egregores, pendulums, when it comes to our choices, but we have free will to separate, move towards or remove ourselves from those influences that are desired or less desirable. So it's both. It's both. There is a sense of free will, but it's not the free will where it's just like, if I want it, I'm going to have it, you know, law of attraction, you know, the secret shit. Like it's, it's not exactly that you have to understand the predestined story as well, that Mm -hmm. you are encompassed within in as, as, as the self, as the reflection of the eternal. You are within it. So obviously it's still going to play out how it is in that the the morphic resonance holds that memory or those habits. But you do have the choice of how you are going to choose how to interact with it, I guess you could say. 
and it'll just ver the story will 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 remain but it will it will vary in in the cause and effect type of fashion i guess you could say i love that yeah i i mm. it's um another metaphor i guess for that would be like i feel like the universe one verse one song has a musical backing to it where you know like even with your astrology chart you're given a song to play and that song changes tempo and that song changes key and you have to it's like you're looking at you know sheet music and you're you know those people with the orchestra and they're looking at the dots and all that all the although and and you have to in a way play your song to a certain mm. tone and beat and tempo and all of that mm. well the universe is going to have actually the backdrop for you for that like that this is like you know hey this is more of a backdrop for a sad song so you can go try and party all you want and all that, but guess what? It's still going to end up pretty sad because it's going to be this transformation and healing type day. Like that's how you use astrology where it's like, okay, give me my sheet music. I mean, just, you know, and you don't have to play every note. Like the free will part is you could say fuck all to it. You know, you can hmm. just do whatever you'd like, I think. And to me, it makes everything more logical there because going just by straight destiny, it's like, there's no way that everything is absolutely destined because you are given free will. Like that whole argument there to me just doesn't resonate. If you would like mm. to disagree there, you can disagree. I, I just do think that there is an- Leave it in the a, comments. Yep, <laughs> right. Exactly what you would think. I would love to see it because I, I like the perspective part of it. I don't, I'm not about saying, I, if I come off like I pontificate, shout out to Anne, then it's just, <laughs> It's it's just how I talk, and I'm very passionate about what I believe. But I also am way open to you know anybody's perspective here. But really, I do think that you're right. I think that we are on one track. We're given some sheet music, and there's a predestined backdrop, and then there's a fuck all part where you could just go do whatever you'd like. You know, make your. I I think that would make life more meaningful. That if you have the choice to make the evolutionary jump in your life. What's unfair, I think. And when people go through some hardships, like how could God do this to me? And how could this happen mm. to me? And it's like, well, your system and your structure and us coming out of the dark ages kind of took the value away of this knowledge of being aware of the metaphysical side to the, the mirror side to, to life, you know, knowing that you are this powerful co-creator, knowing that there's, times in the universe for things to happen and that we do have a science that we could use to see when it is and when it should be and all that and you can even go get say an astrological reading and look and say that says for me to be frugal and to not spend my money and whatever but or that my love life's not gonna be good fuck it i'm gonna prove it wrong and you might but but the thing is to me what would make more sense is but you then you just played like a metal solo over like a beautiful symphony like Mm -hmm. it, it, it makes everything more meaningful and makes sense it's how i find meaning in it and i think a lot of people especially through a transit of saturn and pisces might lose their faith in a lot of things i think if you can't find meaning then search for it by allowing new new ideas and new concepts and new paradigms to play out mm -hmm. and enjoy something like astrology or get into science and just if you're not worried if that's too woo woo then you go you know study something that's morphic resonance and, and all this stuff and if this all this stuff is too much and just find meaning in the thing you're actually doing and in individuating yourself through those things it can be landscaping mm. i have a good friend mm. of mine that finds absolute joy and love 
and transcendence in landscaping. Yeah. And he loves it and he's excited about it and he talks to me about it all the time. And that's him individuated. Like he found himself. So, and the argument of predestined or not, really there it doesn't matter. But it's the people that don't know, that aren't individuated, that's what this stuff's for. It's the seekers. It's the questionnaires for for people who want to know more about uh, themselves and about life. And that's what this stuff's for. If you're very concrete in yourself, I mean, I always think we could use spiritual expansion and all that and, and, and seeing things differently. I, I, you know, but maybe that's not meant for everybody, but maybe the individuation process is just to be more aware. And by you learning new concepts and listening to new perspectives, even if you don't agree with them without going to war against them, you're expanding your mind. You're expanding, you're just getting more sight from things. And that's the way we should all be seeing it. Now, if you're not individuated, you're going to have a, you're going to fight. You're going to, you're going to fight back. You're going to have a problem with a lot of the way people think and what they do and whatever, because you're like, that's not me mm-hmm. or, or that's not who I am right at now. That might be you. You know, someone might say something that you completely hate. And, you know, a lot of, here we go right with this flat earth stuff. A lot of flat earthers were globe people before they became flat earthers. And they were making fun of flat earthers at a time and smited them and, and all of that. I'll change my battery in a sec. But they were smiting those people and all that. And then three years later, they end up going, oh, you, I am just like you, man. I didn't know. I, you know what? I didn't realize at the time. And you become more individuated in yourself. And you're like, oh, this, I, this is more like me. And you change. And that's evolution. And by being caught up in the memory of a culture or, or, or habits of a culture, morphic resonance will give you the awareness that, that it's possible that one, it does exist. And two, by going more on the philosophical side of egregores and pendulums and all that can show you that you could break out, which was a great point that you made. Yeah. That's the thing. If you're not changing, you're dying. <laughs> One of my favorite podcast uh, uh, comedians says that so if you're not changing, you're dying. And I'm like, man, I'm like, you know what? But it it's, it's true. Like, I mean, in a, in a sort of fashion, but like, yeah, like I know for like, even for myself, like just speaking from experience, like, Doing this, understanding this, like not just not the podcast, but like actually observing this information and 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 speculating on these things and and trying to see them in everyday life, I notice that it does do something. It does allow me to get grounded, believe it or not. As much as this may seem so out there, you know, there's so much more that I see other people that's more acceptable, socially acceptable, that's just really is out there. Um, and, and, and way far, like, you know, it's on the right path, but like, you know, way too out there in the spiritual in a sort of sense that it's, it's so airy fairy that there is no groundedness. There is no base in reality. This stuff, at least I feel grounded in it and it allows me to be a little bit more rational and logical about things. And, and I noticed that in a, in, in turn, it, it'll, I have more of, of a patience, I have more of a clarity in 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 understanding and having awareness of my of my process on top of it too and i don't feel as influenced or pressured by society to do things a certain way or be a certain way um it it allows me to stand firmly in my own because i know that through the process i am i'm finding myself where'd you go i found you you're right here (laughs) in my room get a job (laughs) uh so yeah, I, I I just think that there's 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 so much to understand when it when it comes to this, and you know, really, you know, that's the whole thing of bridging the gap between the spiritual 
and the supernatural, you know, the, 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 the phenomenon that occurs and, you know, not just saying fuck the science completely, you know, actually trying to be like, okay, well, how can we, how can we use that? How can we use that to kind of, you know, determine a little bit more and, and test some of this stuff out and, and, and find a, a rational, logical conclusion, you know, not necessarily going to find a conclusion, but find more so of that introspective, you know, uh, uh, you know, value that intrinsic knowledge of this, uh, of this. And yeah, I mean, I definitely, that's why we definitely recommend like, you know, this, this, like we said, this is an introductory part of getting you to understand morphic resonance and the morphic fields and, and pendulums, egregores and reality transurfing. Like definitely like, you know, we haven't touched too much upon that, but it, it's playing a role in it as well, but we're going to keep going with this stuff, you know, in, in future episodes as well. Um, but but go look into some of those things now that you kind of gotten this this base and yeah. maybe you can get more out of it as well stuff you know just like to touch up on just one thing I mean just to because we didn't really summarize reality transurfing you know it's a lot that has to do with what we were talking about as far as the alternative space and counter space and the possible uh, variable outcomes that exist as a coded memory and a number of alternatives in this alternative space is infinite and within it there's written everything that is was or will be uh and and it's on all under certain conditions uh uh, that a person's thought field can materialize a given sector of the alternative space and like we said it's not law of attraction though you're not changing reality but rather choosing a pre-existing reality choosing the memory and stuff manifesting according to your worldview um and your influence uh Influenced by resonance within cultures, customs, ideals contained by the, this morphic resonance that's there. You know, all these causes and effects are strung together, but defined by consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's a history of choices. Yeah, it's a, it, it's and by being part of a pendulum, you're being part of a collective reality that you know you're willing to accept. And within that, that's why I, with, with transurfing, my, the importance of that. And, and, and it, I mean, even when you read a myth, like the allegory of the myth, you know, um, has a deeper meaning and there's a conceptual side to it that allows your mind to expand and be more aware of something in reality. If you read it the right way, if you just read it for a story, a myth or anything like that, or religion, right? A Bible or anything. If you read it just as a story, then it's, that's all it is. Right. But when you seek meaning in these things, same thing with transurfing, basically it's it's this conceptual version of morphic resonance. They're an interplay. Like these are all things that are an interplay that are being said by multiple communities in different ways and different perspectives, but they're getting to the same point that, you know, manifestation really is a thing. Fate and predestiny plays a part in it. That more is the astrological side to it all. But we are creating reality or choosing reality. And when we become part of a group or an egregore, it's, uh, which would be more of a negative, I guess, side to it, where that the group or the thing itself mm-hmm. is actually feeding off of you, opposed to you actually feeding off of it and gaining energy from it. It's actually siphoning energy. Think, just think mm-hmm. of your everyday job. You know, think of, think, you know, meaning like your, your, your simple nine to five, right? The one that you don't like and that you don't want to be there. You got to go work overnight to the grocery store. Or some shit like that, right? Like something where you're like, this isn't and whatever. But then the egregore is like, the, an idea of it conceptually would be that you can't get out of the job because you need to pay the bills. 
And then everything in the job starts like, well, you got to do this extra work here and you can't leave. And this thing is just taking your energy and your time and it's ruining relationships, but it's, it's feeding itself, you know? Yeah. But you got to work here because you need to pay the bill. Like, and there's egregores within egregores or pendulums within mm. pendulums and all of that. So th- it's a conceptual thing that helps you understand something in the morphic resonance, which we have a scientist who's talking about this, uh, uh, you know, microbiologist and chemist. It's like, and, and he's bringing in all these great points and examples that, wait a minute, there's this collective memory. Even Carl Jung called this the collective unconscious, meaning he thought that these archetypes and that cultural standpoints and habits and all that were a thing and that it all existed in the collective unconscious, you know, which would be more of a more popular version of the alternative space in a way, except that the alternative space is everything where a collective unconscious would be the collective memory of within that morphic field or within that species in a sense like the morphic field is the is embodying the species itself or the topic or culture or anything else like that so there's something going on here where memory and habit are a thing and they it gets stabilized through like repetition and high emotion and dedication to it Mm -hmm. and thoughts about it and now that we know that this is a thing we can expand on our understanding of morphic field and re- the morphic fields and and morphic resonance and and we can break down more of and we've done this in previous episodes but that's the past right this is a whole new chapter for us bring back the pendulum concept and explain like there's even a chapter in reality transurfing that talk was talking of an epidemic or, or or a pandemic and it talked about like how the fear will everything that we just went through is actually a chapter in the book um and it relates to this concept. So it's definitely something that, yeah, we, we, we're going to keep expanding on this more and more. And as this as an introductory, we wanted to give anecdotes and little things here and there. But uh, next week will be more of a kind of compartmentalized episode where we really get some definitions out, some more uh, scientific explanations, some more ex- examples given by mm. groupthink and group whatever. And, and the mass formation is a big one, too. Um, and if you don't want to wait for that, just go youtube uh the joe Ro- <coughs> joe rogan that episode was great he had kind of summed it up that guy forget his name and then matias desmit and this all plays into it as well so it's definitely a topic that's for us is important because this is going to bridge so many different things or give the opportunity for things to become more of a reality for all of us and to help us with the individuation process which is the main yeah. goal in the end yeah definitely right? i definitely I like to you know in the next talks that we do in the next talk or, you know, as we keep going along, even now with this kind of basic understanding and going into it further, uh, you know, with the next talks, you know, really being able to bring it in, how you said and stuff, even now being able to look at maybe some of those, you know, now we have a different way and, and a different ability of how to approach maybe some of those fringe topics now and start to even see, you know, now, how does this relate to and work when it comes to symbolism? How does this work when it comes to, um, you know, sorts of rituals and and family structures on top of it, too? Um, and then even just more so going into the astrology. So I think I think we'll definitely touch up more on on those areas, too, now that we have this understanding. Yeah. And I think mm. I think that's about it. I think that mm. we're, we're good on where we're yeah. at. Uh, as long as you you guys can you know go and listen back a few times, I know that in this one in introductory episodes, of course, we're going to try and give the uh, the personal anecdotes and experiences and, and real life examples as much as we can, so you can then understand on the listening side 
where we're trying to, hmm. you know, our entry into this and what's been on our minds and what's been going through, you know, uh, it, as we're researching and we're like what's more important at the moment and or when we have these findings that hmm. it's time to maybe really kind of attack this subject and make it clear and available to the public more. And, and a lot of we're not, you know, experts at this but we're the seekers that find this and it's out there like people are starting yeah. to talk about this. we're also the testers and the t- right yeah yeah but, but people are talking yeah. about this i mean i've when i it's so crazy like there's mm-hmm. times where topics come up and then i just start looking around i'm like oh my god like this was out there already like what mm-hmm. why was this not brought up to in any way like why did i have to search for this like really not search yeah. like type it in there it is but like, why did I have to like go through so many different things? And all of a sudden it rebounds me into, oh, that exists. Oh, let me go down that. And it's unbelievable mm-hmm. what you find and how much people know already. So, yeah. And, and this, this seems to be. I feel like there's also a lot that's not being talked about sometimes in the fashion that we're saying it too, with this with this multidimensional connection to all these different things right, and, right. and also being able to revert it back to the self. Right. Like that's, that's the other thing as we go along, like to so stay, just stay with us with this because as we go along and we'll obviously move into other areas and stuff, but this is going to be fundamental. I think I feel, I feel very confident. I know you do too, but I feel very confident in the fact that having this awareness and this understanding of this will kind of give us all a better grasp on our next moves and what we're supposed to be be doing and how to significantly actually improve our lives and take some of these things that we learn, uh, not just the conspiracies and, and everything and, and actually be able to use it in a real functional way in our lives and, and significantly improve things. And when we significantly improve our own lives, we are bettering the collective in that sort of sense. That's us doing our job. That's us following the right spiritual path on top of it too. So, I mean, pretty sure if you're listening to this or in those types of groups in the truth communities you know and you want what am i supposed to do well this is this is one of those ways so yeah well on that note the usual right like comment subscribe smash the shit out of that like button please comment yeah it's it's yeah you know we're we're this is a new beginning for us so we'll need we'll need some help and all that from you guys and hmm. we'll continue to do what we do and hmm. uh we're excited we have we have so much to talk about and so much to do a whole oh, we do. and and i mean if you you it would make you dizzy looking at my notebooks but um well i mean it's really neat and clean <laughs> but it's just there's a lot i know i got like my astrology one here and then my metaphysical one here right yeah i know i i, I got like seven of them on my on my bookshelf over there like just stacked up and i'm like i got music audio engineering uh syncretism metaphysics astrology astrotheology mm-hmm. yeah so yeah there's a, and, and all of it t- to us anything i think and and for me personally but for us too is things that bridge into other things that connect dots and are relevant in other areas that's where our relevance is when it comes to what we're trying to do for ourselves and other people. And the individuation process mm-hmm. comes from the awareness of things and knowing that there's more to it all. And it adds just a new excitement to it. Like it, it just makes it fun. And I, at least that's how I feel. I could be just saying that cause I'm a Gemini, but mm-hmm. I love the discussions. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. So yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely pick up on this 
in the next episode and go a little bit deeper in like all the things that we just said. Um, yeah. So hit the like button, comment, let's hear your thoughts and opinions on this and any sort of epiphanies you may have had throughout this as well. Um, and let's continue the process in, in this journey. All right, guys. Thanks again. Yeah. Peace out. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.